You're listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. I'm Cheyenne Homan. Bourbon is a Kentucky tradition, and a UK hydrogeologist explains the reasons why. Alan Fryer is a professor of geology in the Department of Earth and Environmental Sciences. Here's what he told me about the relationship between Kentucky limestone, groundwater systems, and bourbon. I'm Alan Fryer. I'm an associate professor in Earth and Environmental Sciences. I've been here since 1995. I'm one of those people who might not be thought of as a traditional geologist because I focus on water, or more accurately, the interaction of water with the Earth's surface and shallow subsurface. I'm what's called a hydrogeologist. Uh, I'm the only hydrogeologist among the regular faculty right now, but we're getting ready to hire a second, hopefully. My areas of interest include primarily groundwater, but various aspects of groundwater, both physical and chemical. In other words, um, how is groundwater recharged? In other words, how does water make it from land surface down to the water table and beneath? Um, How does groundwater move from the subsurface back to land surface? Particularly, um, how does it discharge into streams or discharge at springs? I'm also interested in, more broadly, uh, water resource issues such as water supply and water quality in developing countries and have been collaborating for about 10 years with colleagues in Morocco. I've worked in India. I made two trips last year to Pakistan. I'm also interested in the history of hydrogeology, which is kind of how I became involved in writing about springs and the origin of bourbon in Kentucky. I was emailed by someone out of the blue from Asheville, North Carolina, and she was saying, leading up to the election, that they were interested in running a food waste tour on bourbon and democracy. And she said, do you know anybody who can talk about limestone water and bourbon? And she said, we've got uh, Cooper, who's going to tell us about wood and the role of type of wood and making bourbon barrels in terms of the bourbon aging and flavoring process. We've got a farmer who grows corn who's going to talk to us about corn, which is, of course, the key grain in bourbon. And we'd like somebody to talk to us about the significance of limestone water. And I thought for about 30 seconds and said to myself, well, that's really interesting. I don't know a lot about it, but it sounds cool. And my second major as an undergrad at Duke was history. So I thought, oh, why not? I'll be a dilettante. So I'll go do some reading. And it turned out that there is a lot of literature out there about bourbon, including several popular books that have been written on the history of bourbon, Um, some scholarly books that have been written also. Nobody, at least from the perspective of water quality, water supply, had really focused on what that meant for bourbon. There was just this general assumption that you know, limestone water is a key ingredient, and Kentucky's underlain by limestone, and so, you know, that's part of what makes bourbon special. Well, yes and no. There are various myths tied up with bourbon, um, such as where bourbon was first distilled. Apparently it was first distilled in Kentucky, but unlike the sign next to Royal Spring in Georgetown where it says, on this site, bourbon was first distilled in 1789, I think. Uh, When I gave a presentation at a conference about this, I put a big red X over the sign and said, um, no, not exactly. According to scholarly literature, apparently there were probably a lot of mom-and-pop types making moonshine out there, 
and that this was one of the early places, but not necessarily the early place, that it may have dated back to the 1770s. But there were several key things that conspired. And so part of what I looked at was just just on the history of the settlement of Kentucky and the fact that people who settled in Kentucky, um, European settlers, came in waves, you know, starting in the 1770s typically. But a lot of them came from places like Pennsylvania and had been um, Scots-Irish and were coming from cultures with a history of making distilled spirits. And they didn't necessarily trust the water to drink. So <laughs> instead, they, they made whiskey, in this case bourbon. And it didn't get called bourbon until the early 1800s. But they made it with the locally available resources. They found that corn worked really well for distillation. And they worked with the water that they had here at hand. And the water that they had here at hand turned out to be quote-unquote limestone water. And apparently there were two key factors that facilitated the development of bourbon here in terms of the water. One was the fact that because they were typically working with water discharging from springs, and because water discharging from springs tends to have a relatively uniform temperature year-round, and that temperature in this region tends to be in the high 50s, that that's about the right temperature near the maximum um, for cooling during distillation. So that was one aspect of it. And the second was that incidentally, and this is where the limestone aspect comes in, because the pH is a little bit on the high side, that inhibits iron being in the water. And iron makes distilled spirits taste really bad, turns it bitter and black, I think was the quote that I saw in part of the literature. So those two factors, I think, seem to be the two primary factors. There are potentially others. Some distilleries still use spring water. Some use well water. These tend to be the smaller sort of craft distilleries like Maker's Mark or Woodford Reserve. But the larger distilleries, like Wild Turkey, for example, are using treated river water. So it was originally limestone water, but... You know, now it's basically like municipal tap water, and it's free of impurities. But some of the literature says that what's distinctive or what's helpful about that water is it doesn't impart any taste to the bourbon. So ultimately, I think there's some ambiguity involved. And what I concluded is that it's a bit like the discussion of terroir for wine, that there are a number of factors that go into an appreciation for the taste of a distilled spirit. But it's the soil in which the corn is grown, it's the corn itself, it's the wood, it's how it's aged, but it's also something, it's the water to some extent, which goes into the growing of corn, it goes into the processing of the bourbon, but it's also psychological to some extent, that there's a sense of connection with the land and the place from which it comes. And so not all of the bourbon that's made in the United States is made in Kentucky, but by United States law, in order for it to be called bourbon, it has to be at least made in the United States. Uh, Just like for something officially to be called champagne, by French law, it has to be made in the Champagne region in France. And 90% of what's called bourbon in the United States is still produced in Kentucky. So water plays a role. But uh, it's difficult to tease out exactly its current role as opposed to its historical role. 
Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of Earth and Environmental Sciences for making this podcast possible.